How has spiritual and or religious trauma affected your life? Today, in episode 31, we're getting into the real heart of authentic spirituality when it's rooted in our own values and embodied experiences, as opposed to religion or dogmatic rigid beliefs. What does this mean and how can we create it? Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to the Subtle Medicine Podcast, brought to you by InnerSpark.life and your host, Devin Ray Battaglia. I'm the podcast producer, Mike, and I like to thank everyone out there who supports this show. Whether it's by becoming a patron through patreon.com slash innerspark or engaging with Devin through innerspark.life slash resources, your support ensures that Devin's work continues to be the leading resource for the sensitive soul looking to reclaim their power and reconnect to their magic through remembering how to trust their bodies and align with nature and cosmic flow leverage their subtle energies, and transmute trauma and pain into gifts and purpose. Get ready to dive into all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life-changing, and spirituality all steeped in earth-based wisdom. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more. And now, here's your host, Devin. Before we go anywhere today, I'd like to make it super clear that I am in no way bashing religion whatsoever at all in no way, shape, or form, okay? So spirituality. What is spirituality? Spirituality isn't religion, and many people that are religious are not actually spiritual. Spirituality is a way of viewing the world. It's a way of thinking and feeling and believing. It's a way of surrendering to the greater flow, the great web of life, cosmic order, source, whatever you like to call it. It's a continued practice of authentically communing with yourself, with a capital S, yourself, without dogma, egoic blocks, fears, and traumas. So it's stepping into the pure essence and isness of life and of each moment. Essentially, spirituality comes from within, And religion is outside of us. So very important distinction. Spirituality comes from within. It's our own experience. And religion is outside. Spirituality is an embodied awareness and experience. And religion has to be learned, taught, programmed. They don't necessarily contradict each other. On the contrary, they can complement quite nicely. And a strong spiritual connection can make you a better whatever religion you practice. It can make you a better Catholic, a better Muslim, a better whatever the case may be. Spirituality can just do nothing but strengthen that. Spiritual trauma, on the other hand, exists extensively in our culture, and it is largely due to religion and religious experiences that have been negative. For several thousand years, we've been operating out of a monotheistic paradigm that comes complete with lots of dogmatic, punitive, and disempowering systems. This paradigm is strict, oftentimes merciless, and creates a structure wherein source and divinity exist outside of you. So there's a constant striving, and it's outside of you. It's, it's quite disempowering, like I said. So after being indoctrinated with this for several generations, the ill effects are really becoming... Quite apparent. One of the consequences is a challenging time experiencing authentic spirituality. 
So spirituality, as I mentioned previously, is a reflective, introspective, ongoing journey of the self, of this life experience. It's finding source within, right? And that directly contradicts the existing religious paradigm, which then creates a block. So if I've been programmed in this lifetime and like all of my ancestors before me for the last several thousand years, if I've been programmed to believe that source is outside of me and I am kind of less than, there's this power over paradigm, then spirituality and having that just embodied experience of isness and essence feels contradictory. It feels like I'm doing something wrong. It feels just like it's it's not okay. It doesn't make sense. And so that's one block that many of us have towards ex- exploring spirituality, which is our, our birthright to have this deep experience of life. Another block comes in the form of confusing religion and spirituality. And with this at play, people find themselves wanting nothing to do with any of it and then continually feel lost and disempowered, which is incredibly sad and at the heart of so much of the world's woes today. We're, we're quite spiritually um, bankrupt. Yeah, you know, what you and I would consider religious trauma in my childhood, it was just considered like good parenting. You know, if your kids tremble in fear at the name of the Almighty, then that means that you've raised them right. And like, if you think about what kind of stress response is going through a kid's body, if they're like just literally afraid of something that huge, like that's trauma. And I mean, just like the world that we've created today kind of lends itself to that fear of the great big like everything you know like uh when i was a kid um 1999 was like a hell of a year you know i was basically indoctrinated into a cult that believed that the y2k bug marked the beginning of the apocalypse and then not long after that was 9-11 september 11 2001 so like nothing felt safe just back to back fear and yeah it was it was just absolutely insane and when people feel unsafe they look for strong leadership so that's how dictators rise to power and what better symbol could you have for strong leadership than the holy empire of the church on earth so i managed to uh to escape that but I know that there's still a lot of people out there who have yet to recover from uh, a lot of the spiritual trauma around like the turn of the millennium, but that's just one example. I think uh, spiritual trauma isn't necessarily those huge earth shaking events that can certainly feel and be like obviously traumatic, but I think uh, more commonly there's the uh the subtle like chronic kind of traumatizing like being told every day that because you're a woman you are like the portal through which all sin original sin enters the world you know and like 
menstruation is a curse and a reminder of your sinful womanliness. And uh, it seems to me that you would think that a woman would be seen as the keeper of the portal through which all life and beauty enters the world. But somehow we've accepted this idea that life comes from God and only sin comes from women. So like, that's just my perspective. I can't imagine what it's like from the female perspective to have the people in authority, in the most divine high authority manifest on earth, constantly telling you those kinds of messages. Mm, Yeah. So much of what you just said brought up so much in me. I'm just kind of mulling. Yeah, especially the power over paradigm, where we belittle others at the expense of glorifying something else, as though we all aren't amazing emanations of divine magic. And yeah, like there's there's a lot, whether it's the big events or it's just the kind of subtle programming day in and day out and totally being a woman over the last several thousand years has had its moments of sucking majorly and luckily I feel like we're at a time when that story is being rewritten so why would we want to create a spiritual relationship within ourselves like why bother why are we doing this A key component in creating a life that feels delicious and purposeful and provides the foundation for true holistic living, in order for all of that to take place, some kind of relationship with something greater than yourself must be actualized and experienced. You are an individual, yet you are not. You are the person you think you are, and yet you are not. By and large, the people that we think we are are simply illusions maintained and fueled by neurotic delusions. So they are stories that are kept alive by the little things that we do every single day to keep that illusion going, to keep it fueled and maintained. Our small selves, so our more, you know, egoic, attached to tangible, worldly, physical things can only get us so far before we must surrender to the greater forces at play. And those greater forces are, you know, the rhythm of the days, the turning of the seasons, the impermanence of these bodies. We are simultaneously the dreamers and the dreams, the creators and the creations. And when we see ourselves as the avatars, right, and little fleeting embodiments of source, life becomes so much more easeful and magical and fluid and not so heavy and serious. Like, I am Devin, yet I am not Devin. Devin is an illusion. She's a creation. She's a fleeting hologram and a channel of cosmic magic. I am consciousness aware of itself, animating a physical structure that has been called Devon, living this life. And this physical structure is made of sunlight and moonbeams and soil and ocean water. And that's the truth. So this attachment to Devon and, oh, I'm going to age. And what does my body look like? And what am I doing? And this and that. And all of these, these things are just kind of games that we play. They're a bunch of bullshit. And spirituality 
and this deep relationship and experience of ourselves lets us cut through the bullshit and really have access to truth. Because the truth is, I'm going to die. You're going to die. Everything is going to die. And even in this lifetime, we will die many deaths. I've already died so many times. You know, the, the versions of Devin from many, many years ago are dead and gone. And I'm so grateful for them. And I'm glad that they're no longer here. <laughs> and so life is not something to fight with or to win or to struggle through or to try to survive or, you know, anything like that. It really is something here to be experienced. And when we look at it that way and simply endeavor to have a rich, deep experience, that to me is the ultimate exercise and practice of authentic spirituality. And when it comes to religion, you know, a lot of these things were created to control the masses. They were created to, to further political interests and to, to have that power over paradigm in place. They didn't want us to know the totality and the depth and the power that we possess, that is inside of us. There's nothing outside of you. So it's this big, like, just as old as mankind, this game, this big game, this big illusion to keep us separate from ourselves, to, to keep this, this gap between the truth of who we are and this lie and this illusion that we've been fed. So creating an authentic spiritual relationship must become the cornerstone of your life in order to fully actualize your soul's purpose and your avatar or your meat suit's potential in this lifetime. You get to constantly be in this beautiful state of, of alchemy, right? True alchemy is this merging of two things to create a third, to create gold out of out of shit essentially to to create a completely new thing that's never existed before so in this life in this body you are both human and divine and so you get to be this meeting point between spirit and matter and all of these wonderful things get to be like merged and birthed and created and experienced through you so when we can really keep keep it in perspective that we're here to experience. Like all of this is impermanent. All of this is going to change. Nothing is here. The things that you have, the things that we strive so hard to get, right? Like the car or the money or the success or like these things, you know, they're going to outlive you most likely. And what's the point? The point is the experience. So getting into that real spiritual experience is what it's about. And this authentic relationship is, is really what's required for healing physical disease, for cultivating more meaningful relationships with the people in your life, for creating meaningful work that supports you and the planet. And it helps us make aligned choices and to always be taking the right actions for us. And, and so much more. I mean, I could keep going about the benefits. 
Right. And, you know, for my transition from that really, uh, like, down the rabbit hole religious dogma that completely, like, it was, it was sinful to think of yourself as having any power at all. That was considered, like, pride and, and arrogance, just to acknowledge that you are a powerful being. And in a great cosmic sense, uh, it, it's really hard to keep a perspective on who and what we are. And, you know, I cannot turn the tides. Um, I cannot command the sun to move in the opposite direction. So um, does that mean that I am not a powerful creature? Well, I'm capable of... I don't even know how to put it. Like, I am the center of my own universe, uh, as are you, the center of your own universe. And we have so much influence over our experiences, and our experiences are, when taken together, our lives. And to have that kind of power, like, it's something, and it's real, and it's there. And I think that that kind of uh, fear of our power and being told to deny it and to give all positive attributes to some being outside of us uh, has left people to feel more powerless than they should. Like, just because you can't turn the tides or change the direction of the sun doesn't mean that you are utterly powerless in your life and that you can't improve or that, like, improve your situation or just find greater contentment in what you have because you make a choice to be happier. Uh, and I know that might sound completely asinine, but, uh, you know, our mindset and having control over that and having that kind of power in our lives is, uh, yeah, it's really important and just in my opinion, but, uh, something that helped me to get to that point where I could see what power I do have was meditation. And that was so incredibly important for me. Um, just Zen meditation is, you know, what I practice, but there's all kinds of different meditations out there. But just real simple, just coming back to the self over and over and over again. And you, yeah, you, you kind of figure out what you're made of. Um, I don't know how else to put it. It's just no stories, no, no bullshit, just, you know, this is me. And, uh, so that I can't say enough about how beneficial that has been for me. And, uh, I want, I'm curious to find out what methods, um, you would recommend for somebody trying to reconnect with their own authentic spirituality. But first I need to take a moment to send a heartfelt thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, as the podcast producer, I rely on your feedback to help improve the show. So please rate us, leave us a review, let us know what we're doing right, what we could be doing better, what topics you'd like to see covered, perhaps. There's a listener survey. The link is in the show notes. And if you'd like to get involved in helping us keep the show going, then please head over to patreon.com slash innerspark, where you can become a patron of Innerspark, or even better, go to innerspark.life slash resources, where you'll find all of Devin's current offerings and the most up-to-date blog articles and links to the Facebook group. It's all there. 
no matter where you're at in your journey, Devin has something just for you. And when you uh, actively participate in this energetic exchange, you're not only getting access to this truly life-changing work, you're also contributing to the success of Inner Spark and Devin in her mission to reach and empower all of those sensitive and intuitive souls out there just like you. Seriously, we cannot do it without you, and without you we would not be able to publish episodes like this one where we're taking an honest look at something that affects so many of us, spiritual trauma. Now, going back to my question, uh, what are some methods that you recommend for the sensitive soul out there looking to reconnect with their own authentic spirituality? Yes, beautiful question, and that's exactly where I was headed next. So, how to be more spiritual from an authentic, aligned place. Spirituality is a very personal journey that will look differently for each person, as it should. And it will look very different for each person, depending upon the season they're in in their life. You know, it'll look different in your 20s than it will in your 50s. In my work, I strive to create the space necessary for my clients to feel safe enough to openly explore the ways in which they view spirituality, how they wish for their spiritual relationship to look and to evolve, and what traumas they may be carrying from religion or pseudo-spiritual backgrounds. And there's no one answer to how to be more spiritual. There's no checklist or, you know, like a magazine quiz or an article, five ways to do this. And I think a lot of us really crave those quick fixes. You know, we want someone to just, just tell me what to eat. Tell me the right diet. Tell me the best exercises to do. And, and those are so also like really clickbaity, right? On online, we see those articles and how many of you go click them, right? You're probably going to go click an article that says, you know, top five exercises for six pack abs. Then you would go read, you know, a way to deeply dive into your spiritual shadows, right? Like, and there's no shame in it. It's, that's just kind of the, some of that power over paradigm popping up, some of that programming, and also some of that attachment to this, this world and this physical body that we have. So no shame in that. Just, just kind of let that be there and know that like, all right, that's kind of the tendency that my my ego self wants to have. But yeah, there's, there's no one answer. There's no checklist. There's no plan. (laughs) 90 days to, to authentic spirituality. It's an ongoing process. A, A rich, beautiful, colorful spiritual life involves living in a constant state of self inquiry. And for a lot of us, You know, that can feel like a lot of work or it can feel uncomfortable or it can feel new or weird. And I was actually speaking with a client yesterday and I came up with a really good analogy. And anyone who has been listening to the show or my clients are listening, you know, I'm like the queen of analogies. We come up with some crazy ones together. But I was talking about, you know, especially new practices like this where you're essentially rewiring your brain, right? You're learning to come into a different relationship with yourself. You're, you're looking and being with things that are uncomfortable rather than using your old go-tos and bypassing and ignoring them. And it's, it's just like anything else. When you first begin to do them, that's when it's going to be the most uncomfortable. It's like learning a new yoga pose. 
you know, and she, she was a yogi, she could appreciate this, like pigeon pose, for example, really deep hip opener. The first few times you do it, or, you know, maybe, maybe the, the first several hundred times you do it depends on the person, right? It sucks. Pigeon pose sucks. I mean, there ain't nothing fun about it. It's like, ouch. And the hips are, are our kind of basement, of the body. It's the place where we energetically store the stuff that we don't want to look at. So eventually, you know, you get through the initial discomfort and the newness and your tissues are, are doing the micro tears to accommodate and, and the old stuff is bubbling up. And then eventually one day you realize I like pigeon pose. I could just kick it here for five, 10 minutes. So it's the same thing. So don't, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the discomfort. Don't give up on the pigeon pose because eventually it becomes amazing. And the benefits that you receive, oh my gosh, far outweigh the the initial momentary discomfort. So it's the same thing. Same thing here. Living in that state of self-inquiry and observing yourself and questioning everything around you with childlike wonder. So any and all of the resources that I provide in my work are specifically here and designed and and meant to support this process and to equip you with the the awareness necessary to begin this beautiful quest of living in alignment with the source, the god, the mystery, the one, the spirit, whatever you like to call it, of your heart, of your understanding. And there's a brand new blog post on my on my website that has like all of my modalities and my most favorite things. And I'll leave that in the show notes. And I really just wanted to highlight some of my most favorite for this particular endeavor for really getting into the experience of life and going within, finding source within, not outside of us. So nature, aligning with nature. Nature, just like divinity, is not this separate entity that exists outside of you. You are nature and nature is you. There is no distinction. So working with nature and all of her splendor from eating plenty of whole earth-made foods, using herbs and essential oils and plant spirit medicine like my beloved flower essences and of course living seasonally another one is shadow work you know that that gives us the entry point to really be with these these places that we have bypassed at its core shadow work is a process of integrating parts of ourselves that we've disowned that we've shunned and the purpose is to reclaim and empower ourselves through our traumas and with this honest and radical deep look, we can come to understand that we, what we genuinely believe and need and feel. Whoa, hold on. With this honest, radical, and deep look into ourselves, we can come to understand what we genuinely believe and need. And we can feel into the places where the wounds of the past are wreaking havoc in our systems today and reclaim our power. Tools like yoga and meditation, fabulous. Yoga is the ongoing process of that personal alchemy that I mentioned, where our human and spirit selves unite 
becoming in physical embodiments of light and love, soul animating human form, like people, this is fucking awesome. This is what we get to be here to experience. And yes, you're probably like, wait, yoga is a bunch of like physical poses. Yes, but it's so much more. It's so much more than that. It was not designed to, to, you know, look at me fly around the room and do handstands. Those are great. And that's not the heart and soul of yoga. Kundalini yoga in particular has been life-changing for me, and I, I don't throw that phrase around loosely. And as Mike mentioned with meditation, the practice of meditation is the most effective way to stabilize oneself so that we can really feel and experience and see the truth of who we are especially meditation practices that get the physical body involved to move that stagnant stagnant energy. And Kundalini is really great with that. Energy healing is another fabulous resource. Um, we can't truly change the tangible, gross manifestations of our lives without tending to the subtle building blocks that make up those very manifestations. The subtle always creates the gross. And understanding the power of these subtle and unseen energies is vital to the success of any holistic practice and is vital to feeling and knowing this flow of the infinite that lives within. And I think I'll leave it there because those are some fabulous entry points. And I have so many blog posts and podcast episodes on each of these resources. And yet I'd like to leave you today with something that you can go do right now to get started. So I'd invite you to sit with yourself in a journal and ask yourself these questions. All right. So just getting right to the heart of this, this experience of spirituality and practicing that self-inquiry. Are you ready? How do I feel about spirituality and how do I feel about religion? This is just you and your journal. So have at it. Just get really raw and real. How do you feel about spirituality and how do you feel about religion? What do those two words evoke? How were my earliest experiences with religion and spirituality? What were those early experiences like? And how does that play out in my life today? What feels good? And what feels out of alignment? And lastly, what do I really crave from my experience here as a soul animating a physical body? What do you really crave? What feels like it may be missing? Or what do you need more of? What do you want to experience? And just get really honest with yourselves and enjoy the process of deep inquiry. It's an ongoing lifetime practice as you get to experience life as this body, this human, and this infinite divine being together as one. So enjoy the journey, friends. And that is all the time we have for today. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review, share the episode with a friend, and please fill out my listener survey at innerspark.life survey. The link is in the show notes. And don't forget that there are so many ways for you to get involved with all of the latest and greatest resources and offerings I've created for you. 
Head over to innerspark.life/resources for links to come hang with me on social media and in my Facebook group. And if you feel called to dive deeper into your process, peruse a range of offerings from my heart to yours. There's definitely something there for you, dear sister. Again, check out innerspark.life/resources to learn more now. Catch you next time. So much love to you until then.